Hot dog! I'm Joel Volk and welcome to Small BizCast, where twice a month I explore the lives of small business owners to dig a bit deeper and explore strengths, weaknesses, ideas, and challenges with blemishes and all. Melissa Kwan of eWebinar.com bootstrapped three companies to success while traveling the world as a digital nomad. Her belief that work should never come at the expense of ones living their best life is inspiring and thought-provoking. As you listen to Small BizCast, you will find comfort in knowing that you are not alone. Hopefully, you'll find inspiration and ideas from people I introduce you to, like Melissa. Hopefully, you'll laugh a little too. Hot dog, it's a wonderful life. I'm very interested in you as a person who built a business, making sure that your personal happiness is part of the mission. And I think that's unusual in small business people. They get ambitious, they get an idea, they get inspiration, and then they just go for it. And then they spend their life adjusting to the business's needs. And when I read your information and got to know you from our pre-interview, it seems to me like your business is super important to you and you're super ambitious and you've got great ideas and you're really inspired, but you're not sacrificing what makes you happy in order to achieve that. And that's what I really want to delve into here while you talk about you and your business. So I guess I'll I'll start kind of from the beginning. I'm not from an entrepreneur family, but I feel like I was always a bit entrepreneurial, you know, making things at home and selling them at school and, and things like that. But my parents didn't want me to be an entrepreneur, right? They want they just wanted me to get a really good job, like very stable, like something that was more than what they had when when they were young. And and right. that was what I grew up thinking I wanted for myself. But I think entrepreneurship is not something that you go and become, right? It's not so much something you go and seek. It's it's almost something that you just are. Like it, it finds you, it keeps finding you. Even though I had jobs, you know, after university, I was always trying to do things on the side, you know, with some friends. And I was always very envious of people that, that knew what they were doing because I just really didn't have any context. The last job that I had was at SAP. Um, I was an inside sales rep. I think that was a little over 12 years ago. And I decided to like actually pursue something. So quit my job and go and, and start something of my own. And that was the beginning of my, my first business. Um, I'm on my third business right now, but my first business, I thought, you know, I, I had saved some money. I thought I could, you know, last for, you know, nine months to a year and a half, you know, depending on where we land. I probably burned all that money in like six months. <laughs> you know, I had many, many different ideas. I pursued, you know, a lot of them, but it, it didn't, things were not as easy as I thought. Like I was so green that I, I thought when a designer told you, you know, they're going to give you something on Friday that it actually comes on Friday. Right. What kind of business was that, by the way, just in a nutshell? That was a real estate marketing software. So uh -huh. it was like a marketing brochure for real estate new development sales. So walking into a pre-sale building, instead of getting a paper brochure, you would download the iPad brochure that was interactive. It's got a sales tool, it managed inventory. But getting that together, you know, as my first business was, right. was extremely hard, right? I was so green also that I thought code was one language. Like you either could code or you don't code. And so a lot of things I really had to learn from scratch. And so that business, we started as product, but it turned into an agency. We didn't have venture funding. We, we've never had venture funding. Right. I funded really that all, all on my own savings and, and government grants and loans and things like that. But that product turned into an agency because everybody wanted to customize. And then 
of course you customize because you needed the revenue. And before you know it, you're, you're, you know, a custom apps company. Right. So what, so you start off as a product, but then all of a sudden you're, you're chasing sales and chasing invoices and all these apps you build are different. So I ran that for probably about three years. And I remember making my last cold call and thinking to myself, you know, this really can't be my life. I was chasing the new sale and chasing the invoice, but then you can't stop servicing the customer um, if they don't pay you because they'll, they'll definitely not pay you. Right. So anything, anyone that's run an agency, you know, or running an agency now will know what I'm talking about. Right. So that company morphed into, you know, Spacio, which was a product I ran for five years and ultimately was acquired in 2019. So I wanted to, instead of building different apps for 10 people, I wanted to build one app that many, many people would buy. Um, but that was really my first foray into a SaaS business, right? Like a real like software as a service, my, my own product. Mm-hmm. Of course, that was just a, a different kind of learning curve. You know, I think the barrier to entry for starting a business right now, especially technology is so low, but at the same time, because it's low, there's so much out there that consumer expectations have never been higher. And we're talking right now, we're talking like seven or eight years ago, not, not even today. Like today is just astronomical, right? We're talking like when the iPad first came out for a couple of years, not everybody had an iPad, not everybody had a, had, had a smartphone where, where expectations were, were still high. So I, so Spacio was an open house check-in solution. So anyone that's been to an open house, you walk into an open house and you would sign it on a piece of paper. We were the iPad check-in solution for that. Very similar to, you know, if you walk into a building, that's more secure, right? You sign it on a piece of paper. Now those have been replaced with something electronic. I imagine that entered into a CRM. And so then you started, you were able to create a manager and stay in touch and build relationships and really capitalize on someone walking into your property at that point. Yeah. So so, probably a big value proposition for whoever. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's what you would think. Right. (laughs) Right? I mean, everybody goes into a business thinking I'm going to create all this value and people are going to flock to my product. Right. Like apparently when you build it, they don't come. So what was was the, uh, what was the misconception? What, what part, what was the disconnect? What did you think was going to happen that didn't happen? Um, you, in hindsight, do you now know why it didn't happen? I mean, hindsight 2020, right? Sure. Which is you really know. valuable, by the way. Which is really- Yeah, I mean, what I didn't... I think we always underestimate the lack of imagination mm-hmm. with customers, especially in technology, right? right. Like, it, it's so hard to make the mental leap, even from paper to digital paper. Because what we were, were was like a digital piece of paper. Right. And do you think that the um, culture of real estate is not technical? If they wanted to be technical, they'd be doing something else. So, oh, absolutely. So, I mean, it, now, it, you're it asking, is, now you're asking people who are not really technical to do a technical application and they didn't feel comfortable with that. Yeah. It's not even technical versus non technical, right? It's, it's, you're asking someone to change a habit that they've done for the past 20 years mm-hmm. plus, right? The average agent is, say, something like 55 years old. Right. Right. So, at, at least the successful ones. I mean, the, it's, such, it's such a high churn industry. So you're asking someone that has that has done one thing a certain way for the past 20 years to right. do something different. Right. So it's not just about the technology. Technology, I think, just adds an extra layer of difficulty right. on top of that. So what I what I underestimated was how difficult it was for someone to understand why it was important to move from paper to digital paper when everything around us has been digitized. 
Right. Like these are not people that don't operate on smartphones. These are people that ha- operate on technology, just not this one piece. <laughs> so because we were, you know, there were other apps before us, but none that had any um, like real, uh, none that had like any real users, right? Like nobody that like really had market share. Um, so we were really kind of the first to have significant market share that it mattered, right? So I think knowing what I know today, like I I would have never gone into real estate technology because of what you had just mentioned. Right. Uh, However, I would assert that you were ahead of your time also. That with with time, people would have adapted for the reasons you said, because, you know, I remember, you know, earlier you'd go to a, talk to a realtor and you'd ask about what, a payment was and they'd bring out this old HP 12C calculator, which was like the most complicated thing you've ever seen in your life to, to, to give you, you know, real-time interest rates and how they, how they turn into app to uh, APRs and, and actual payments. And they were very complicated, but they were, it took a long time for people to adapt to that too, but they had a high level of comfort in those. Someone once told me if you give people, like if you give someone enough time and money, then they can make any business successful. And I think that's true. But like, while yes, like, I I mean, I think now there are like the company's still around because it was acquired. Right. I think now like it's, it's like, it's more widely adopted now, but it's still not very natural. Right. Right. And, and while what you say is true, I think as a founder, it goes back to your original question is how did I come to put happiness and lifestyle before my business. Right. right. You weren't willing to beat your head against the wall for as long as it took to make this act, this yeah. concept work. And I understand. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I had a successful business. Um, I had many, many different failures as well along the way. I mean, it was a, it was an extremely hard venture to, to build, but what I, what I realized was that that business was not authentically myself. Right. I, I, after I that business was acquired, I realized that I was constantly a little bit frustrated, but I didn't really know why. Like, and and when I had some time to think about it, like frankly, I didn't I didn't love the industry. Right. I didn't love my customers. Right. I didn't feel rewarded with with that community. Yeah. Honestly. Right. And sorry, realtors. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. I and I. I realized that that business didn't reflect who I was, Mm -hmm. but also, you know, I started that, you know, almost eight years from, you know, when, when it was acquired. Right. So I had moved from Vancouver to New York already. I have all different friends. I don't even eat the same food. Right. Like, so my, the only thing that was a constant is my business. Right. So how can you expect eight years later that you would be, as in love with your business today than eight years ago. And I think that's what happened to me that I wasn't able to really, I guess, realize at at the time because I didn't have experience doing this, but I was so invested in it because we had some family and friends investors. um, We had my own money invested. We had my co-founder who spent eight years with me wanting to see an outcome. So you can't just pull out because you feel like, I don't like how my day's going. <laughs> exactly. Right. How does your new business, your current business, eWebinar, how does it fulfill your life ambitions, your lifestyle ambitions? Yeah. So I think when I had some time to think about like what I want to do next, because anything that you do is five years. Like I, I don't care how smart you are, how many resources you have, like that's just how long it takes because there's only so many hours in a day. Right. right. So what I realize is, if you build your career 
and your knowledge on top of makes you what makes you happy. If you make foundation, like if you make happiness the foundation of your of all of your decisions, then no matter how hard things get, you're still going to be fulfilled. So what I did was I thought about if I were to start something else, what are the things that make me happy? Right. It's having complete freedom over my time, right. having a completely remote team being able to do something that has limitless potential because Spacio was, was only real estate in North America and agents that ran open houses. Like it almost doesn't get more niche than that. So when things weren't really going my way, I couldn't just go and spin up another business or spin up another industry with the same product. I had to keep banging my head against the wall for this particular sliver of potential users. And that was actually really difficult. So I wanted something next that would have, limitless industries, like not bounded by language, geography, um, lines of business, you know, things like that. That makes um, sense. That makes sense. Tell, but tell I, us what, so, so people understand what you're talking about. Tell us what eWebinars is, please. Yeah. So eWebinar uh, saves people from doing the same uh, webinar over and over again. Um, so you can, you can imagine your sales demos, onboarding trainings, new feature training, ongoing customer education, internal training. Um, anytime you have to do a presentation over and over again, and right now you're delivering that through Zoom, right. um, eWebinar takes any video and we deliver it like a webinar so you never have to do the same one twice. So we preserve that one-on-one communication that makes webinar so valuable by having a very robust chat feature. Um, that means that if people are watching your webinar and you, they have a question, they can type to you through chat. If you happen to be there, you can hop in to respond live, but if you're not, they'll respond uh, by email later. Or you can so, use a virtual assistant or some other representative yeah. company to be on that chat with you. Absolutely. Right. So, um, we just save people from those mundane repetitive webinars that like nobody really loves doing. Right. And also I assume that that means the, the viewer, the client or the potential client, um, can then save it for use later on for reference as well. Yeah, I mean, the other benefit is that your your customers, your prospects, your attendees can access that content at any time, right? right? Especially in this, this day and age, your customers are anywhere in the world. And a lot of webinars, especially in business, are run like at 11 a.m. Tuesday, Wednesday. Right. But 11 a.m. for you is not 11 a.m. for me. So I register for the replay, but then inboxes now are like replay graveyards. Right? Nobody ever watches the replay. <laughs> so not only are you saving time, you're also scaling mm-hmm. all of your repetitive stuff that helps your company onboard and understand your systems. And you're also giving them the freedom to consume that content at any time. So this was the business because freedom has always been, you know, my, my number one priority. I was a digital nomad for four years, right? right? I always worked on the road mm-hmm. and I wanted also to have a business where we could have a part in giving back people their time, giving back them their freedom to spend with, you know, friends and family or, or maybe just do nothing at all. So how is this technology being adopted? Is it different than the, um, the real estate based software, are people adapting to it and, and taking it on? It sounds like that one challenge of technical adaptation might be consistent between this business and that business. I mean, the good thing is with, with 2020, like everybody knows what a webinar is, right? <laughs> like all these companies, all these companies that used to do like on-site trainings are no longer doing those, or they're right. doing like a hybrid model now that, now that traveling's back, right? Like all these companies that always thought, I need to be there one-on-one in person with my customer 
have now realized that when they do it, you know, through Zoom or, or through the internet, they actually get a higher ROI because people can actually show up mm-hmm. and they can train so many more people at the same time. And that can be recorded and then used later on. So all these companies are realizing, not only do I not have to fly someone out and pay for their hotel and everything, I can actually invest in solutions like this and train a hundred thousand people a month or, you know, whatever that, whatever that number might be. A lot of people that are adopting the software are already using something like zoom or go to webinar or whatever it might be to deliver this with us. They're just not needing to do it live anymore. And they're, and they're freeing up time so they can, you know, spend it with their customers to catch up one-on-one. So they still do those live calls, but it's not repetitive content. They're actually spending that time doing things that are more meaningful, right? Things that are actually requiring their unique attention. So can I record an e-webinar while I'm recording a Zoom conversation so I can capture, and then do I then edit it to make it more presentable for a universal audience? How does that work? Yeah, I mean, we have uh, a lot of people that would just record a video specifically to be delivered through eWebinar as an evergreen content, but lots of people will use eWebinar to deliver their Zoom replays Mm -hmm. because we have the chat. Because within eWebinar, it's not just watching a video. You can program things like questions, polls, tips, resources, which we call interactions that pop up Uh at different points in time. So watching an eWebinar is almost like interactive TV where you're getting all this content, you're getting all this stuff to do. So you're not, you know, playing with your phone or bouncing somewhere else. Right. And as the host, you're also leveraging this medium to learn more about your prospect and your customer. You can ask things like, how did you hear about this webinar? Where did you hear about my company? And then the more you run that, the more answers you get and the better you're able to improve your presentation or improve your marketing. How does the revenue model work? It's super straightforward. It's priced by number of active webinars. So after you publish a webinar, we call it active. You can schedule it for as many times as you want. Um, and it starts at, you know, 49 a month. And then just scales up from there as you publish more webinars. Right, right, right. Got it. So it's a, so for you, it's a recurring revenue stream subscription <laughs> model. Right, right. Of yeah. Of course. <laughs> That's what we all want. We're going to take a short break and be right back. Small BizCast is proud to support Fit for the Cause. Fit for the Cause is the leading organization in fitness for low-income and special needs communities. Founded in response to the national health crises, Fit for the Cause has used licensed and COVID-conscious trainers to keep their members active, even during the pandemic. Offering physical training, nutrition, and a variety of classes, members benefit from the same resources given to special Olympic athletes. So stay active now by going to www.fitforthecause.org. That's fit, the numeral four, thecause.org. Welcome to our new sponsor, Jorgensen HR. Jorgensen HR believes that an employer's workforce is the single key to customer satisfaction, reputation growth, profitability, and the ultimate success of the company. Jorgensen HR works to ensure that employers are in compliance with federal, state, and local HR laws and helps assist them with almost everything else HR. Driven by passion and guided by expertise, Jorgensen HR. Please remember to mention Small BizCast when you call 661-600-2070 or visit them online at jorgensenhr.com. If you know of anyone who feels lonely on their way to the top, I can help. Hot Dog Business Growth is for companies of all sizes. For people new to business, we offer the Pay It Forward Roundtable, a monthly half-day panel discussion with your peers 
coupled with one-to-one private counseling with me. This is super affordable and the best OJT you'll ever get as you learn to grow your business. For the more seasoned, Hot Dog Business Growth offers counseling for leadership and teams. We offer sales strategies and team synergy, as well as customer service assessments and training. Our decades of business experience is on tap for you and your team. Schedule your no obligation conversation at hotdogbizgrowth.com. We are back with Melissa Kwan of eWebinar.com. When was the launch of it and how has it been received? How many users? What's your demographics for it? Yeah, so summer 2020 was when the product first saw the light of day. We built it for about a year and a half before we put it out there. A lot of people thought we built this business because of 2020. We did not. You just had serendipitous timing. <laughs> I mean, I, I wish we could roll out something so quickly, but yeah. whatever you see on the market right now, someone's already been behind it for a year and a half, two years. If it's right? any good, of course, but yeah. Yeah, but. absolutely. And we just crossed, I guess, 450, 450 customers. Oh, wow. Good. Um, so our customers range anywhere from, you know, the, the single consultant, solo entrepreneur that are using it to deliver a sales pitch for their courses um, up to all the way up to, you know, publicly traded companies that are using this for like continuous onboarding uh, and training of, of new customers that are coming in every day. And as a, as a person that's hosting the webinar, can I tell who's listening, how interactive it is, or can I can I get stat, stats from it that help me make the next webinar better, or how yeah. are there tools for analytics? Yeah, ab- absolutely. So anyone that's used Zoom will know that like with Zoom, you can just download an Excel sheet and that will be like your analytics. We wanted to kind of challenge that status quo. We wanted to give people a beautiful report that they can share, you know, with their team outside of the platform, but not just something that looks nice, right? We want something that is completely actionable. Uh So after you run a webinar, you'll see things like where people dropped off, where they hit a thumbs up, um, how they answered your questions, your average watch time, uh, when they registered. Right. And do you capture any of the data of the people that are viewing? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. These are all, these are basically all viewers of, of your webinar. Gotcha. And so can that be then loaded into a Salesforce or some other CRM? Yeah. So we're integrated with with all the popular CRMs and also uh, through thousands of services through Zapier. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super common. I, I mean, right now in B2B software, you can't live in a silo. Right. Like your data cannot live in a silo. But right. also the more services you integrate with, the stickier you are. Right. Your customers. Right. So we integrate not just with CRMs, but like emailers like, um, you know, ConvertKit, MailChimp, um, lots of other services like BombBomb, for example. Um, Anything that allows you to continue to continue, yeah, continue to connect with the, with the viewer, the listener, the client. However. Yeah. Like you can, you can even say if they answer a poll this way, trigger this email sequence, right. you know, oh, in, really? in your HubSpot, for example, right. Right. Um, if they watch under 50%, do this. I mean, there's so much that you can do right now. We send what we do is we set, we just sent all that attendee data to a platform of your choice, and then you can tailor whatever you want with those events. So are you marketing through other uh, VARs? So might you, for instance, let's take HubSpot. There are plenty of HubSpot VARs. They might be a great conduit of your software, your app, I mean, to go to, to their clients. Are you starting that type of process? We are trying to get on everybody's good side. Right. So how are you? Are you, comp- are you compensating them or is there a resale? Uh, we do. We do have an affiliate program mm-hmm. um, that people can join. Um, right. It's not open, 
but um, people can apply for it. We get an idea of their community and how they want to promote it. Um, right. We have to make, because the thing is as a small company, we don't have the resource to track how everyone is putting our, like our content out there. We have right. to make sure that anyone that wants to represent our company is doing it in the best light. Right. So we have, um, that's a challenge, by the way, that's probably the biggest challenge because I assume there's not a lot of people in your company and yeah. uh, you're right. Right. Yeah. So we have um, a head of ecosystem where, you know, he spent a decade doing uh, partnership and affiliates, and this is kind of okay. his domain. Um, but he he's told me stories before he came on board about um, all, all the nightmare stories on how people will try to, you know, uh, buy ads on their affiliate link and take your traffic. Or if you have a .com, they might buy like a .ca or .io right. uh, and then buy ads on that and make, make making it look like it's a legitimate website. So we don't have resources to constantly track those. So, right. you know, we have a good affiliate program and we know, we know who's in it. Mm -hmm. And we're also, you know, very strict on, on what those marketing requirements can be. And are there any industries that have specifically taken, taken your software and run with it? You know, it's, it's funny you ask that. I spent a, I, I, I would think a better part of my decade wanting to get out of real estate. Yeah. <laughs> and, I had a feeling because, you were going to say that from the way yeah. you responded. I go, oh, here it is. It's real estate. <laughs> Yeah, because how I got this off the ground, like in summer 2020, was I made a giant list of everyone I know who could mm -hmm. potentially make use of the software. Right. And a lot of them were my real estate friends, like whether they were brokerages or franchises or real estate tech. So I just went down that list one by one. And um, we have a lot of, as a result of that, uh, a lot of real estate tech and and uh, brokerage customers that are using this platform. Um but it's not like a significant chunk. I would say maybe like 10, 10, 15%. Right. Um, so I would say like the people that use our product is not so much divided by industry. It's, it's divided by their role. Mm -hmm. So lots of, you know, customer success post-sales roles right. that are, that are using this specifically to make the customer more sticky, right? Delivering education, making sure they understand what you're selling, um, that they're sticky under your product, that they, that they convert and they don't churn. And then the next biggest group is sales. So it's anyone from consultants to software companies, to insurance companies, right. we have so, flooring companies. So let me ask you this. I mean, one of the things you mentioned is you wanted to have a product that was cross, you know, not, not limited to language or geography. You're currently in the Netherlands. Are, do you, do you have Dutch clients? Are there people that are in Europe using your, your software? How's that going? How, how are you we, able to spread that out around? I mean, it doesn't really matter, right? Like it's, it's a, the company, I mean, the product is completely self-serve. It's like right. a Dell chip. You come here, do you you join a demo or right. you just sign up for a free trial? And if you like it, you continue. If you don't, you discontinue, Got right? Our, our plans are monthly. We don't force anybody to do anything. Sure. And that was kind of the other thing um, that I wanted in my life was I wanted a product because I, in my previous business, I lived at conferences. I was mm -hmm. always on the plane. I was always doing a booth or doing things that were interrupting with my lifestyle. So coming to this, I wanted to have a company with a product that was truly self-serve, right? something that could be sold on the internet. I mean, that's kind of the holy grail of, of what people want. Yeah, to do, of, right? course, of course. We've expanded to 21 languages. Oh, wow. um, we put in a language when people ask. Um, there's, a, there's a small virility that's built in our product, right? Because people join a new webinar 
and it's fully branded, it's colorful, it's fun. You know, there's things that pop up. And when people look at that, like attendees, I mean, yeah, they'll look it up and, and say, oh, what is this platform? Right. And then they'll, you know, they'll come to our website and they'll be like, oh, I can use that for my business. Which is the brilliance of what you're doing because it's self-marketing. You know, the more, the more it's used, the more it's marketed. It's perfect. Yeah. And then we've got like our customers, like we are located, you know, in, in Canada and the U.S. I'm physically in the Netherlands today right. because I have a home here, but that right. doesn't. That like that doesn't limit my customers' customers. My customers' sure. customers are are everywhere. Yeah. So they learn about it through through different channels, and and that's that's how we get a lot of signups as well. So how many languages do you speak? Um, I, I speak two and a half. So <laughs> two two dialects of Chinese and uh-huh. English, obviously. I see. Got it. Got it. Yeah, because um, uh, living living in Europe, most most Europeans speak English, which makes life easier for us. Uh, at least where yeah, at least where I go. Right. I feel bad that I don't speak other European languages, but <laughs> yeah, no, maybe I, one day. I understand. I understand. Have your lifestyle happiness quotient is that being fulfilled with the webinar? We are not profitable yet today, so yeah. definitely not all my happiness is being fulfilled. I sure. think when we do break even, that will be a very triumphant day that we will we'll have to we'll have to celebrate. Mm-hmm. When do you expect that to take place? Uh, I think we'll see it this year That's if perfect. we keep doing if we keep doing what what we're doing and, right. and if we keeps working. I'll say, Joel, as you know, like it's hard every day. Yeah, right. Every day, I'm like why are we doing this? Like, right. why, why, do, why am I subjecting myself to this? Right. Why didn't I just listen to your parents around for a while? <laughs> yeah. Listen to my parents, you know, sit yeah. around for a while and yeah. or like invest in some coin that might have like 10 times my, my, my net worth. Yeah. Um, it's, but I think every entrepreneur that's listening to this though, will probably say that they've asked themselves that question during their, their, during their journey, but it's, you know, why did the man cl- you know, climb the mountain because it's there, you know, there's challenges are what makes success joyful. I mean, I mean, I will say that everybody would do it and uh, it does not, everybody can do it and you can do it. Therefore you should do it. I mean, I mean, I will say that building a product that gives you fulfillment, like Mm -hmm. that makes you content. That makes you feel rewarded. Like when people come to me and say, I'm taking my first vacation because of e-webinar. Or, right, right, right. That was the idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was the idea. Or like, I, I can't imagine my life without this. I cannot go back to what I was doing before. Like, that's a feeling that I never had. So right. even though it's hard, you know that you're contributing to someone's life. So in, this is the question way. that, so so then this becomes a question then, what is the product you're actually selling? And is it is it freedom? Is it is it lifestyle? Is it flexibility? Is it some combination of all those things and more? What if you were to say it in a sentence what the product eWebinars delivers, what is it? I mean, I hope that we're selling time and, and time is freedom. Time is time is valuable. It's you know, it's it's what everybody wants more of. Right. Right. And I the thing that I don't get is like people are people are always like, oh, I want to automate this thing so I can do more. Like you automate, I automate my webinar so I can do more stuff. I'm like, well, that's why do we have, why do we have to glorify this idea of work? Why do we have are to you, glorify this productivity thing? Right? So that's a really interesting concept. Are you saying I want to automate this so I can do less should be the real. Yes. Concept. Right. You should automate all this so you can do nothing. Right. 
So I, I'll give you an example. In the past nine months, almost a thousand people have joined my demo on their own, the demo on, on our website, on their own, without ever talking to me. 25% right. of those people have converted, signed up for a trial on their own. That's outstanding. I would not. I, and that meant I didn't have to sit on a one-on-one -on -one call with them right. and, and tell them why they would sign up. I've saved almost 300 hours by not doing that. And what did I get to do instead? I got to have my weekends and my evenings. I don't work on weekends. I always worked on weekends in my previous startup because right. we were an open house software. Right, right. I, I get to have vacations where I'm not looking at my phone, even when we have no internet connection. For a tech company, that's very rare. And I hope that people see that and not, I'm going to use eWebinar so I can do more work. Right. I hope that this allows you to do less work, to help you understand that work is not everything in your life. So if I can, if you'll forgive a little unsolicited advice, I think that needs to be your motto, slogan, whatever it needs to be. <laughs> automate to do less, not automate to do more. I think you have to really encapsulate that thought and idea because so many people have this sense that if they're not working, they're not being quote good unquote. I mentor some young entrepreneurs and we, I, I, I know a lot of tremendous amount of people in the business world. And I try to bring in experts to talk about different elements that could add more dimension than what I can do on my own and answer their questions. And we can facilitate a discussion. And I asked the group recently, who would you like me to bring in? What kind of expertise would you like me to bring in? And their answer was not negotiating HR. It was not how do I manage people? It was not how do I manage leases? Not how do I manage finance? Or it was how do I manage work-life balance? And I always thought, wow, work-life balance to me when I was starting out was the days I don't eat lunch at my desk was work-life balance. <laughs> okay. You know, I would have, you know, a meal on the way to work as I drive through lunch at my desk and a meal on my way home at, you know, 10 o'clock at night. You know, that, that was that was how I built my first, you know, real business was just all in. And you're saying I, you can have all that without, you can be all in. You don't have to be all out. You're not, you can have the work-life balance and be all in is what you're saying you can achieve with eWebinar. When you love your work, right? There is no work-life balance. I don't have work-life balance. I work almost every day. I, I'm, I'm looking at something almost every day, even if it's a few minutes. There's not a single day, unless I don't have internet connection, mm -hmm. I'm not working. But it's, choosing the hours that I work. Right. It's choosing how I work, when I work, mm -hmm. how much effort I put into that work. Right. And I have a friend, as you were telling that story, I have a friend that like I would send photos to when I'm traveling. And he, he was like, you should, this should be your ad. You right. should post this travel photo and say, this could be you. Right. Cause you're, <laughs> like, cause you're working, traveling, loving life, experiencing new ideas, seeing things you wouldn't see otherwise and still building a successful business. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't mean, I, and I want to be very clear that like automating what you can, and in this case, your, your webinars, your trainings, your onboarding, your demos does not mean that you are giving your customers less attention. Right. It does not mean that you're ignoring them. In fact, you can autom you're automating everything you can so you can do things that you can't automate, which is meaningful one-on-one -on -one connections where it makes sense, right? So kind of like being on this podcast, you're able to do this podcast because your business is running in the background with the stuff that can't yeah. be done. I could be doing a demo right now right. <laughs> and, and I'm here with you. And you probably are. 
<laughs> yeah, I probably are. That's great. Are there any uh, any words of wisdom for the kids out there, the people that want to be just like you? What advice would you give Melissa, you know, 15 years ago? I mean, it's it's definitely the, the thing that we talked about is is start with what makes you happy. Yeah. Like, like really, like if I have people that say to me, like, I wish I could stay in Hawaii for longer. I, I wish I could, you know, live in Mexico. Like if that makes you happy, you should go and do that. Right. And right. then, and then once you do that, find the career that fits that, right? Don't find a career and then try to find happiness. You're always going to be frustrated. There's always right. going to be something missing. So figure out what your non-negotiables are to make you happy and then find the best career to fit that and then go and acquire the knowledge to build that career. Yeah. Because a lot of people have that triangle like inverted, right? They start with their education, what they studied, mm-hmm. and they find a career that fits their education. And then they try to find what's happy and everyone's miserable. So if you flip that around, um, then I think, you know, with everything you do, um, you're going to have a better time. Uh, and of course, the other advice is if you're running a business, check out eWebinar. <laughs> very good well you're delightful thank you very much i i really appreciate you being on the the podcast and i look forward to hearing the rest of the story as time goes on so hopefully we can follow up at some point thanks so much joel i appreciate you having me melissa kwan thank you you certainly helped me open my mind on better ways to manage businesses i want to congratulate you for creating e-webinar and showing us how success can be achieved and some would say is an uncompromising way color me impressed Color me also impressed by our listeners. Thank you for participating. I really appreciate that you share our episodes. I appreciate that you send me suggestions and I appreciate that you go to the platforms and review us so other people can find us. I also want to thank our sponsors, Jorgensen HR, Fit for the Cause, a wonderful charity, and of course, Hot Dog Business Growth. Until next time, Hot Dog, it's a wonderful life. Michael Ashley is a best-selling author and a former Disney screenwriter. His company raises the profile of brands through the power of storytelling. He's our next guest on Small BizCast. Here's a sneak peek. I like to go from simpler to more complex. Uh, and so what I like to do is I like to give people breadcrumbs. Chapter one, I'll set up an idea. And then as it goes on, we will reference back. We'll come back to the idea so that we're not doing what you're saying where it's all explained in chapter one and the rest of it is just repeating that idea. I like to build up to something much like a movie does. Mm-hmm. We increase the tension, increase the complexity and so that they are driven along to want to know more. Small BizCast drops twice a month. Stay connected on our socials at Small BizCast or join our online community by liking the Hot Dog Business Growth Facebook page. All of our resources to help businesses grow to their full potential can be found on www.hotdogbizgrowth.com. That's hotdogbizgrowth.com. Small business, it's a wonderful life. Hot dog.